Well, happy Friday, gentlemen. Welcome to Fridays with the Fellas. We are here today thinking through God's Word together, and in particular on Fridays, we are thinking through how to be better men. That's why we call it Fridays with the Fellas. So I know there are some gals that uh, that hop along here along the way. Well, welcome. Glad you're here, especially if you have sons. You should uh, you should turn them on to Fridays with the Fellas. Maybe... Uh, nudge your husband a little bit to uh, to join us. But uh, for you guys who are here, so glad. Lewis and Nathan and Keith and the rest of you, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you. So if you happen to be new around here, uh, as I was just saying here on Fridays, we are talking about manhood. And we're walking our way through Proverbs eventually, or occasionally, I should say. Uh, we'll veer off into some other manhood themes. If there's something in particular that uh, would be helpful to you to talk about regarding manhood, uh, put it in the comments after the video. Not not so much the chat here, because this goes away and I have a hard time uh, finding it again. But if you put it in the comments uh, after the video, after we get done here, uh, I'll give that some thought and see if we want to add it to one of our uh, Friday uh, discussions. But we're, we're talking about manhood and wisdom because, frankly, we are, um, how can I say this delicately? Here in the West, here in America, we're not exactly surrounded by wise men. You don't you don't look around and see just wisdom oozing out of the men in in your circles, do you? Uh, there are certainly some. There are exceptions. Hopefully, you're an exception. But there's a lot of fools, a lot of folly, uh, and it doesn't take much time on social media, reading comments on videos. Uh, Just lots of men who don't understand what we are called to do and to be as men and live life foolishly. Well, we want to be better than that. We want to be men as God has designed us to be. And there's a couple of extremes, all right? There's the the view of manhood that basically is a a woman, uh, that that men and women are the same or else uh, or something that, that men are to act like women and they sort of deny the things that God has called us to do and to be as men. Then there's the flip side, the overreaction to that. If you've heard of the manosphere kind of stuff, uh, red pill, any of those things, they're a, a reaction the other way that's the worst of the kinds of things that men naturally pursue. In other words, it, it takes the, the things that, that are kind of inherent in our nature as men and it takes it to an extreme that's ungodly. Both of those extremes are unwise and ungodly and we want to reject both of them. So we're trying to find what does the scripture tell us that a man is supposed to be and to do? So that's what we're doing here. If you're new, that's, uh, that's why we gather on Fridays. Glad to have you. And uh, we're going to talk about Proverbs. We're going to look at uh, probably three verses here, starting with chapter 10, verse 8, where wise King Solomon said, the wise person accepts instructions, but the one who speaks foolishness will come to ruin. Let me repeat that again for those of you who are listening via podcast later on. The wise person, literally it's the wise of mind, accepts instructions or commands. But the one who speaks foolishness will come to ruin. All right, so let's take the first part first. Um, Actually, let's take the second part first. 
the one who speaks foolishness, the foolish of lips will come to ruin. Do you know people like that? Do you, do you know men like that whose uh, words just ooze folly and they talk a lot and they talk and talk and talk and what comes out of their mouth is, is folly? Uh, Solomon says they will come to ruin. And again, that's in contrast to the wise person who accepts instruction. So the, the idea is when someone is giving instructions, and, and I, I think I mentioned the word is commands, literally in the Greek. So think of command as instructive command. That's why the translator here translates it instruction. It's not merely an order for the sake of giving an order, but it's it's someone who both has the authority and the the wisdom to give good instruction, who, who then gives you uh, the command. So it's someone you ought to listen to or some, something that you ought to listen to. Uh, the wise person receives that instruction, accepts it, ponders it, reacts to it, obeys it. The one who just keeps talking when they should be listening, the one who refuses to accept that command and instruction, and just keeps going on and on and on, they're going to come to ruin. Because they're not going to learn anything. And in the, in the sense of the instruction being a command, they're also inviting punishment from the one who's giving the command. You think of a father giving instruction to his son to, to do this or not to do that. Well, the wise son receives that instruction, says, okay, I will do that. My dad said it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. But if he ignores the instruction and just talks and talks and talks while his dad is giving him instruction, and he talks, he's inviting discipline or other kind of ruin, other kind of harm. I, I can think of um, examples. Uh, I don't remember all the details of the story, but I remember hearing about a son whose father was teaching him how to use the lawnmower. I remember when I taught my son how to use a lawnmower. And of course, you have the discussions about the blade. And don't put your hand underneath the lawnmower. Don't put your foot underneath the lawnmower. Be very careful not to uh, allow it to go over your feet, that kind of thing, right? You, you want to protect them from being cut by the blade, severely cut. And so you walk through all that and you talk about the safety precautions of not doing that, not doing this. And same thing with using the lawnmower in terms of don't run it over rocks and don't put it over there because you're going to either damage the blade or you're going to damage the, the landscaping or whatever. You're, the, the idea is to teach them how to properly use the lawnmower and not damage themselves or someone else. And then I remember, um, uh, well, I'll tell this on, on, on me, uh, my dad, in addition to all that, also told me about the uh, engine that got very hot when it was running and that I uh, should not put my hand on the engine for quite a while after it stops running. <laughs> well, I didn't listen to him. I didn't heed that. And uh, it was running for a while and then it died. And I reached down to grab the pull cord. Most of you probably know what a pull cord is, although these days with all the electric... Uh, 
lawnmowers maybe maybe we don't use those as much but if i reached down to pull a grab the pull cord and i wanted some leverage i put my hand on top of that hot engine and uh yeah uh it was a as a minor ruin compared to ruining your whole life but it was enough to uh remind me that yeah dad told me about this and i didn't uh pay attention i was probably talking <laughs> when I should have been listening, right? So the wise person accepts instruction, but the one who speaks foolishness will come to ruin. And you can think of, no doubt, many examples of men who talk when they should be listening, who don't give careful consideration to what is being instructed, and it leads to their downfall. With the lawnmower, you can cut off your foot, cut off your hand, uh, and it can become even more serious in life. Uh, think about the instructions that have been given, no doubt, to many young men in terms of money, how to use money well. And instead, they go out and uh, think they're smarter than everybody else, and they invest it foolishly, spend it foolishly, whatever, and, and come to ruin. You, you hear of sports athletes, uh, professionals who make millions and millions of dollars and uh, then find out that they used it poorly. Now, it's not always the... Uh, the refusal to accept instruction, but sometimes. So, gentlemen, self-evaluation here. How would you rank yourself in terms of receiving instruction in contrast to speaking folly? Do you speak when you ought to be listening? Are you willing to receive the commands and instructions of, of others and learn from it and put into practice? And that's, that's really what we're doing here day after day, whether it's this study or uh, through the week do doing Hebrews and whatever topic we happen to be in. When you do your own Bible study, when you're listening to a, a, an elder teach the word, in your mind, you can still be talking even if your mouth is not moving, right? You can be talking, you can be on your phone, you can be doing all kinds of things rather than receiving the Lord's instruction from his word. And if we do that, the consequences are going to be devastating. How, how do you do with that? You don't have to tell me out loud here, but just think. Do some self-reflection. Are you, are you good at receiving instruction? Wise men, godly men, accept that instruction and put it into practice. We don't talk when we should be listening. All right, the next one. The one who conducts himself or literally walks in integrity will live securely. But the one who behaves perversely will be found out. Again, let me read that again. The one who conducts himself in integrity will live securely. But the one who behaves perversely will be found out. Whereas uh, some people have put it, your sins will find you out. So I, uh, uh, I titled this, uh, hit the brakes when you see a cop question mark. <laughs> it's a, it's a fairly trivial thing, I suppose, but what does it say about us? If we are rolling down the highway and we kind of come up on a little, little incline, a little hill and, and get to the top and suddenly we see a car on the side of the road that we think is a police officer. What does it say about us if we immediately hit the brakes? 
I don't know. I mean, I've done that. Maybe none of you have ever done that. I'm probably the only one, right? Uh, but I've done that. See what looks like lights on top of a car. Uh, looks like the right color uh, of car that uh, would be a police officer. And suddenly I'm hitting the brakes. Why would I do that? Well, it might be because I was driving in excess of the speed limit. <laughs> And I don't want to pass a police officer in that moment. Have you ever been there? But what if I always drove under the speed limit? Then I don't need to worry about passing in front of a cop, do I? If I'm living in integrity with respect to the speed limit, then I don't have to worry about it. I live securely. That's what he says. The one who conducts himself in integrity will live securely. But the one who behaves perversely, he will be found out. If you're always breaking the speed limit, you're eventually probably going to get a ticket. That, again, is maybe a trivial example, but you can think of other examples, can't you? And what Solomon here is saying is, if you do what's right when you're in secret, then you don't have to worry about being exposed, being caught, because you're not doing anything. On the other hand, if you are, as it says here, behaving perversely, uh, perverting your way, would be the literal translation, it's going to be exposed at some point. You're not going to get away with it. I think of a uh, uh, tax audit. Now, I don't particularly want to be audited by the government uh, because, frankly, I don't trust the government and I'm not excited about them probing through my, uh, my tax returns and expenses and all of that. Um, and or I know there's a possibility I've done my taxes for years. I'm, there's a possibility I did it wrong. And if it turns out to be in my favor, then they're going to penalize me right? There's going to be fees and penalties on top of that or whatever. What I'm not afraid of, though, is them finding illegal, corrupt activity. So I might make a mistake. It's possible the government's acting corruptly, but in terms of all things being equal, I don't want my government probing around in my stuff, but I'm not afraid of them finding illegal activity because I haven't done anything illegal. So it'll be a nuisance, an annoyance, if I were to ever get audited, but I'm not worried about something being exposed. You see what, I'm, see what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? But the person who's cheating on their taxes, audit is an is a awful scenario because there's a very high likelihood they will be caught. That perversity that they were pursuing will be found out. And we can think of multiple examples of this kind of thing. So the question that we need to be asking ourselves, gentlemen, is, is there anything I'm doing that I ought not be doing? If I am, it'll be exposed. Can't hide it forever. Generally speaking, there are exceptions, of course, but generally speaking. Uh, was it Mark Twain who said... Uh, if you always tell the truth, you don't have 
to remember what you said. Somebody, somebody said that a long time ago, and it's a great, great line. If you tell the truth, you're not worried about remembering what you said in the past. Because you told the truth then, and if you get called out now, you're going to tell the truth again. But if you told lies in the past, then you get exposed, get caught. Now you've got to lie to cover up those lies, and it just leads to uh, devastation, right? To, to ruin, that kind of thing. Um, so ask yourself, are you living in integrity? Are you walking in integrity? If so, you sleep at night. You're not worried about somebody looking at your browsing history. You're not worried about somebody walking in on you when you thought no one was home. Uh, you're not worried about someone overhearing your phone calls. You know, if you're a gossip and a slander and tearing down others on, on the phone or email or text or whatever, then you don't want people hearing your phone calls, reading your texts and your emails. But if you don't put things in writing that you shouldn't put in writing, then who cares? I, I mean, again, there's a, there's a privacy thing. None of us like people probing around in our, in our stuff, but that's different. Especially in our culture, again, where the NSA is <laughs> probably listening to your to your phone calls, and of course, you know Google is uh, analyzing every word I say in this live stream uh, to to see if I break any of the rules, so they can censor me, that kind of thing. So I don't like any of that. Again, there's a there's a corruption, there's a there's a privacy issue, and in this day when we're all fighting for freedom of speech and all that, I you know there's that's a different question. But in terms of truly doing things you should not be doing. If you're doing them, you live in fear of getting caught. If you're not doing them, you're secure and you're not, not worried about it. Does that make sense? Y'all tracking with me? 1010. The one who winks his eye causes trouble. And the one who speaks foolishness will come to ruin. There's that line again. Uh, the one who speaks foolishness will come to ruin. So this one is not a, a contrast. This is a, a comparison. The one who winks his eye uh, causes trouble. That's the idea of um, you are part of a conspiracy. You're, you're giving signals by winking where you and at least one other person are in collusion together to do something you shouldn't be doing. And you're causing trouble for others. This is, this is the conspiracy. Uh, and then parallel to that, the one who speaks foolishness uh, comes to ruin. So you're you're part of this group that is uh, seeking to cause harm to someone else. You're you've got signals. You're you truly are in collusion. You're you're speaking things that are foolish, and that's ultimately going to lead to ruin. Conspirators will be found out as well. I think we've seen that in the last week at the highest level in the United States government. Someone has made the quip, you've probably seen the memes going around, uh, something like with probably with all the conspiracies, conspiracy theories, is it, they all keep coming true. <laughs> well, they're being, dis, they're being exposed and revealed. And God knows it all. So at times we think those at the highest level have no accountability. Well, that's not true. Think about King David. King David, was unwise when he saw Bathsheba. She was beautiful. She was naked. 
and he sent his servants to go get her. And he couldn't resist his temptations. He was warned. They said, this is not your wife. This is someone else's wife. Don't do this. He did it anyway. And she got pregnant. Well, how did he cover that up? Well, he first tried to, uh, if you remember the story, he, he, uh, her husband was out on the, on the front lines in war. And he had the commander send him home, spend time with his wife, thinking, oh, he'll sleep with his wife. Then she'll turn up pregnant. Nobody will know the difference. All is well. And he had more integrity than that. He said, no, I won't go sleep with my wife when all of my comrades are out there fighting. And he refused to go lay with her. So David had to ratchet it up a bit. And he put orders in Uriah's hand, sent him back to the commander. And the instructions for the commander were, send Uriah out into the heat of battle and withdraw so that he'll be killed. And that's exactly what happened. All right, phew, he got, got away with it. It's done. And now he can take Bathsheba as his wife and all is well. He covered it up. The conspiracy was successful. And then the prophet Nathan shows up. Tells him a very clever parable and exposes David for the lies, the conspiracy, the, the murder, all of it. And God brought consequences. He brought discipline to David and his kingdom for that. Your sins will find you out. Conspiracies will be exposed. Conspirators create a trouble. David made a mess of Uriah and Bathsheba's life. When our politicians today, when our kings, so to speak, commit these kinds of conspiracies, it, there are consequences. The whole kingdom, the whole nation suffers. But they'll be exposed. And their ruin is, is coming. Again, the question for us is, what about me? Are there conspiracies? Are there plots? Am I tempted to join forces with somebody who is seeking to do something we should not be doing? My guess is, my audience <laughs> is not tempted to, uh, uh, to take someone out, or nor has the authority to take someone out like uh, David did, like our government officials do. But... How about lesser things, whether it's slandering someone, uh, falsely accusing someone, um, spreading gossip? Um, I don't know. Those are just some things that come to mind. Are we? Uh, it happens. It happens among Christians. It happens in the church where a group, maybe there's bitterness and resentment, there's jealousy, um, those kind of things. Church leaders are treated this way. Sometimes church leaders join in that kind of thing. And they plot together to take someone else out, to, to ruin the reputation, whatever. Uh, where are we tempted to be part of those things? Well, Solomon says, yeah, you cause some trouble when you join forces like that, but it will lead to your own ruin. God will expose you. And your own downfall will be significant. So don't do that. Wise men, godly men, run from that kind of thing. We don't take part in those conspiracies. Uh, we don't behave perversely in private. And we receive instruction and put it to good use. Any, uh, any questions, comments, any thoughts? You guys are awful quiet today. Uh, anything on your mind about any of that before we, uh, before we sign off for the week? 
I think it's worth your time. I know it's worth your time to ponder these things, to wrestle with them and, and ask the Lord to expose in your own heart um, any temptation to any of these things. And on the flip side, act with integrity. Seek the Lord to, to grant you by his spirit the power to act with integrity, to serve the Lord Jesus faithfully, uh, to receive his instruction and to apply it to your life. The world needs us, men. The world needs wise, godly men. The church needs wise, godly men. Your families need wise, godly men. And the Lord has given us what we need, so uh, take it to heart. Ethan says, this is something that directly helped me in my situation. Praise God. I'm glad to hear that. I rejoice with you. All right, brothers, have a great weekend. And Lord willing, we are, uh, we'll be back on Monday and continue our study of Hebrews. Take care.